host of Seasonal Bounty, returning with a bonus episode for you to hopefully take some inspiration from. Now, I hope you all have seen with previous bonus episodes, they're not about giving you a longer list of stuff you need to do to be normal. No, they're really about giving you another point of view. Because if there's one thing I've learned recently in my life is that Alternate point of views aren't just useful, they are often priceless. And this tends to work in two ways. One, they can either give you a different way of looking at an existing or a well-known system of yours you know very well in a completely new light and some of the better different things you can get out of it. Or they will remind you of some ideas you've had that you have missed acting upon and reframe them as things that are worth acting upon, so you redo it. So today's topic is about extrasensory aspects of meals and food. Now, if you ask my attitude towards food, I said it's pretty simple. Insert food here, is what I generally say. And so we insert food into our mouth, but your mouth isn't alone. It is surrounded by other sensory organs, including your nose, your eyes, and your ears. Now, so, while one thing we get from food is the flavor and the satisfaction of the food, as well as the nutritional ability to act and go out and participate, it goes much further than that. Now, it would be simple to start with the big, the big sensory involved in that, which is your smell. But look, in all my bonus flavor episodes I've done, I've always mentioned smell, and I think I could probably spend at least half an hour out just, just talking about smell, so I'm not going to get into that. Let's go just one step higher to the eyes. Now, the eyes are directly above the mouth where all the food goes. Is that a weakness? No, that is... That is millions of years of evolution, of course, that to happen with good reason. Your eyes visually um, check everything that you put into your mouth with good reason. They are really your warning system. And um, this, as was pointed out to me by a friend as I was discussing this topic with him, he said, you could turn even the most delicious hot uh, chocolate ice cream into a very unappealing looking shape that you would not even want in the same room as you, let alone on the plate you are eating from. And just by looking at it, it will give you the mental, the mindset that that is something you do not want to even acknowledge at all. So stay away from that because it is a warning system. So your vision can change your emotional response to your food. 
Now, who is aware of this? Chefs are. And from my work in silver service kitchens, I can tell you it is the most senior chefs, the sous chef who's like the second in charge, and the executive chef, they, if they don't do it directly, they do directly supervise the plating up of the food for the waiters to get ready to bring it out to the diners. Now, why do they have these senior people doing it? Because they know just by the presentation of the food, they can totally change the way that flavour is perceived without adding a single ingredient. And the important word here is perceived, and that is it gives you a different mindset about what you are going to expect. Okay, so one of the ones that often gets mentioned is vegetables. Okay, now let's have a look at often how vegetables are served at home. And I call this the, the three piles problem. So you might have a green pile, a white pile, and an orange pile. So your green pile might be peas and beans. Your white pile might be mashed potatoes. And your orange pile might be carrots and pumpkins. Now, that is a very boring, unattractive feast. And like I say at the end of every flavour episode is two things. Kiss, keep it simple. And two, create interest through contrast. So what I would highly recommend is get rid of these three piles of sugar and let's introduce some more colours into it. So don't, not just three colours, you want to have at least four or five different coloured vegetables. So you might be using red capsicum, zucchinis, um, sugar snaps, roast beetroot and maybe some pumpkin or baby carrots, something like that. Now, just by the different shapes, even if you cut these regularly, they will be different shaped. Now, as well as being different shaped, they're also different colors. So you mix them together into a group there and put them on the plate. What have you got? You have interest. It's not just a lump or something. It is a mixture of different ones. And so this acts to create a different psychology in the brain. And the brain is thinking, well, that's interesting. So I'm expecting that to taste interesting. So I'm going to try that and try it again. Lo and behold, it does taste interesting, doesn't it? Now, one thing I have heard too is people say, well, I don't worry about vegetables because I hide them in other things. Now, that is something I would recommend staying a mile away from for very straightforward reasons. And that is that, look, kids are no dills. If you're hiding the vegetables in another food, they work it out sooner or later. And what do they learn from figuring that out sooner or later? Do not trust the food that mum gives you because she may well be trying to trick you with it. Now that, by its very nature, I think we can understand is something we want to avoid. So don't try and hide them away. Bring them out by creating interest with them. And so they, by that being interested by it, they taste it and acknowledge it as being good. And so next time you don't have to hide or even make it interesting, they're probably more willing to try it because they know it is a good food. So that's a, a psychological effect of the food is on the presentation is a big one. Now, one thing I thought was quite interesting hearing after Victoria's long lockdown last year, what people thought they got out of that period, one of the most common reactions was, we remembered what it was like to sit down and eat together as a family. Now, I know how simple it is for that to split up and get broken up, and that has happened throughout, throughout many different families of different kinds and styles where the family does not sit down necessarily at the table and eat together. Now, as much as we dislike these lockdowns, I'm not going to say they're good, 
it is a chance that once we come out of these lockdowns, it will create a opportunity for creating new normals. So perhaps one of the new normals you'd like to create at that time is that, okay, we sit down at this table here and once everyone is seated, then we are prepared to start our meals. And that you could look at as looking at working on the emotional and habit-forming ability of meals as some, achieving a goal that is not just useful to you, but is also emotionally satisfying to the different members there at the table. Um, so I really have to say that I really do appreciate you thinking that giving me your time today could be useful to you because that is where I get my satisfaction is giving you a, you a service that is of benefit to you because that, in my mind, shows you that I do love you and that you had best stay fresh because we'll be back next Saturday with the usual Victorian Food Marketplace report. Thank you for your time. Stay fresh and have a good day. Of the season, get it into you.